Am I on? All right. Thank you, team. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Hey, I want to also give a shout out to all those that helped last night. Now, I am not Chuck Jones. A lot of people around here heard the name Chuck Jones, and I will tell you, Chuck, I heard your name more than Triumphants last night. I am not Chuck Jones, and this is an ongoing joke we have, but Chuck wanted me, on behalf of Chuck, of course, the Men's Fellowship, to thank all of those that participated and volunteered. It was a very, very, very long day, but an awesome day. So he thanks you, I thank you. It was a wonderful time. If you're not there already, uh, please turn to Joshua chapter 1. This is in the Old Testament, right after the law, the books of the law. We're talking about Joshua today. Now, the title for this sermon is Our Basis for Confidence. So while you're turning there, um, I'm just going to ask three questions before we read our text. Who or what... And listen, these three questions are basically the same, but taken at a different angle. Who or what do you put your confidence in? That's question one. Here's another one. Um, Where does your confidence come from? And lastly, what is the basis for your confidence? Think about that while we read this text. We're going to read the first nine verses of Joshua, Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to uh, to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Who or what do you put confidence in? What is the basis for your confidence? Now, you'd be asking, you might be asking yourself, Pastor Mark, what is the deal with confidence? And as a Christian, do I need it? Where we place our confidence, where we place it will be reflected in the way you live. i got to say that again. Where we put our confidence will be reflected in the way you live. We live. 
And let me tell you something. We all place trust in someone or something. We do. And if your confidence doesn't lie with God, I'm telling you it lies somewhere. It lies somewhere. Most likely with you. Most likely with you. You know, anything that would pull us away from God is bad, it's false, it's incorrect. And confidence that the world promotes, and let me just go over this, confidence that the world promotes is a confidence in self. It's self, self, self. You can go into any big chain bookstore and enter the self-help section. Self-help has grown to massive proportions in bookstores. It is all about self-help, self-motivation. It's about you, 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 you. And there's all kinds of subjects and all kinds of titles that go along with that. Motivational speakers, seminars, they're on the rise. And it's all about you, 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 you. The world promotes this kind of self. Even prosperity preaching in the church There are people that preach that cater to itching ears about your wills, about your entitlements. Self, self, self. Anything that would pull us away from confidence in God is false, incorrect, and wrong. Let me tell you this. Confidence should not depend on us. We should not be independent of God. That becomes prideful. That becomes self-indulgent. It's basically self-worship. And there's a lot of self-worshippers in this world. Okay? Confidence should depend on who we are in Christ. And it is easy to slip from that. It is easy to slip away from that it's a danger um you know self-confidence can be a good thing when utilized properly folks we can have self-confidence in our relationships of course we can have self-confidence in our careers we can have self-confidence even in our interests our hobbies folks when you fail it is okay to have the confidence to rebuild to rise from failure Self-confidence in itself, when applied properly, is a good thing. But when we have the kind of self-assurance in our own abilities, the kind of self-assurance in our own qualities that we possess, that we allow to pull us away from God, then we have a problem. Even in biblical times, you know what those people clung to in biblical times? They clung to heredity and genealogies as their confidence. So there is a great danger. And the problem is, is that we have a tendency to allow this kind of self-assurance, this kind of self-confidence to take over all areas of our life. We have that kind of problem, folks. It can take over all areas of our lives and it becomes the basis for our confidence in all things. I'll tell you the impact a friend of mine made on me 20 plus years ago. Now this friend of mine, she, she exuded confidence. She was a boss. In fact, she was my boss. And she knew what I believed. 
And she said to me one day, and this is the impact now, this is, I still remember the conversation. I could see her face right now. She said, if you're right about this God that you talk about, if you're right and he's real, because she didn't believe in God, then I'll be fine. Because I said, you're going to have to stand before God. Because if I have to stand before this God that you believe in, I'll be fine. She told me, these are the words, I will negotiate my way into heaven. I will negotiate my way into heaven. I will handle myself just fine in front of this God that you believe in. And you got to know, I mean, terror struck me. You're going to negotiate with the creator of all creation. Like you're something special. You're the confidence that's, that's coming out of you. That's going to carry you over into heaven. You're going to compromise with God. No, not at all. But that's the kind of people that live in this world, and that's the kind of self-confidence the world wants you to have. They do not want you to have confidence in God. Philippians 3.3 says this, For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. The Bible tells us strictly to have confidence, no confidence, excuse me, in the flesh flesh now there's a reason for that paul's saying this again you had people back then and go yeah well i'm related to this person well i'm i'm from this tribe here's my genealogy no 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 confidence in the flesh yet the world oh do they want you to have confidence in the flesh that's the world we are stuck in my friends now I have to ask you, because I asked you questions earlier, does the basis of your confidence stem from your abilities, your achievements? Uh, Does it stem from the certainty and trust you have in past or present successes? Right? Does this give you confidence? Is this where you're placing your trust in the self? That's a question for you. What about finances? Does your confidence stem from your finances? Let's face it, folks. There are those out there that allow their money to speak. And yes, money talks. There are a lot of people that hide behind their money. Their monetary wealth can become their identity, and it also can become their basis for confidence. It's sad, but it's true. Here's another one. Are people your basis for your confidence? Does it stem from people who you know, who you're related to? Because let's face it, even those closest to us are going to let us down. Even those closest to us will let us down. Is that where you're putting your trust? There may be other things that I haven't mentioned. Maybe that you're thinking of something that's wonderful. Keep that in mind regarding confidence, where you would place it. But the confidence of believers is grounded in God's character It's grounded in God's actions, and it's grounded in His promises, His trustworthy promises, rather than the flesh, rather than other people, rather than money, or our personal achievements. Have you ever known someone that held on to a personal achievement so long, and they said, this is going to carry me the rest of my life? I know them. I probably have been that person. We can't hold on to those things, and that's where we place our trust in self. So I got to tell you this, this is, this is good. There was a woman that lived in England, all right? Now she had two daughters, 
She had two daughters. Sadly, one had died. She passed. So she was on a ship bound for America to visit the other daughter. However, when they were at sea, a storm arose, a bad one, and it shook this ship to its core. In fact, they feared that this ship may sink. Now, at this, the passengers, all the passengers, excuse me, save this woman, were in a state of panic. For good reason, I get it. But they were in a state of panic, uh, except for this woman. And when asked why she was so calm, she said this, Well, I have two daughters. I have one in America, and I have one in heaven. Now, I'm on my way to see my daughter. She just said that, I'm on my way to see my daughter. If the ship survives, I will see the one in America, and if not, I will see the one in heaven. Now, right? So either way, she says, either way, I'm going to see my daughter. Either way. But, then she, but think about this. It's plain to see, folks, in this little story that the woman had great confidence. She said, I will see my daughter. You see confidence there. I do it. Absolutely. Now, but her confidence in seeing her daughter in heaven, that speaks volumes to who, uh, to who her confidence is in. Volumes. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to have us look at the person of Joshua, and we're going to sit here in Joshua for a while, for a, few, for, uh, uh, a month or so. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But we're going to talk about the life of Joshua and explore the basis for confidence. My first heading here is our confidence originates with God. It originates with God. I want to read a verse to you, Numbers 23, 19. 23:19 God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind has he said and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it let's look at the first four verses again together look at Joshua 1 after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord said to Joshua the son of Nun Moses's assistant Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory i'm going to stop there those four verses what happened the lord said remember that verse has he said and will he not do it the lord said to moses's assistant who is joshua you my brother you are going to take over and fulfill my plans psalm 33 11 the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. In this text, this verse is proven. We can see it right before our eyes. You're going to take over, Joshua. You are going to fulfill my plans. His counsel to Moses is now counsel to Joshua. His plans will continue on, folks. His faithfulness is never in question. What he promised, what he spoke, will he not fulfill it? James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom 
There is no variation or shadow due to change. Folks, our unchanging God, who never deviates from who He is or His purposes, this is our unchanging God that is speaking to Joshua, and He's giving gifts. Did you see the gifts He's given? He says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. This is when they're taking Canaan. They're going to enter Canaan finally after being in the wilderness all those years and take possession of the land that they should have done in the first place had they trusted God. So this confidence, it originates with our faithful and unchanging God. Now Joshua was was trained, folks. He was trained. Joshua was equipped. He was Moses' assistant. I don't know of a better position. He was Moses' assistant, and he was second in command. He was his military leader. He was one of the 12 spies that was sent in to spy the promised land. One of two who believed they could take it. They could conquer it. So when we look at the person of Joshua, it seems to me that he has every right to be self-confident. He has every right to be confident in who he is, in his status, in his leadership, his victories in battle, his skills. Yet when you examine the whole story, folks, you see it's God's faithfulness, it's God's word, his plans, God's promises that are the basis for Joshua's confidence. Not Joshua. Not Joshua. What God says, folks, he does. His counsel, his plans, they stand. Every good and perfect gift It comes down from our unchanging and faithful God. Again, I'm going to say it. God is where our confidence originates. And our life should reflect that. Next, our confidence is centered on Jesus Christ. I want to read one of my favorite verses to you, Romans 8, 38 and 39. You know it. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, ready for this, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is powerful. That is powerful. So look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I go back to this verse about Jesus, and I say, wait a minute. Nothing could ever (coughs) separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? And then I see this text. God is telling Joshua, hey man, listen. I'm going to be with you. No one is going to be able to stand against you because I'm going to be with you. Even more, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. And we can see that right here in Jesus. We can see that we cannot be separated from that love. Look at verse 6, folks. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. He's telling Joshua this. Hey, man, this is the land that I swore to your fathers. This is the land that I promised to give them. And guess what? I'm doing it. 
I am doing it. Has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? God is faithful to fulfill his promise that was given all the way back to Abraham. This promise that was made all the way back to Abraham. God is saying, Joshua, you're going to be the cause. Joshua, you're the person that I am going to use to fulfill this promise. And we can see his faithfulness. We can see his faithfulness in the person of Jesus. What a track record our God has. We can see this in Jesus, in his promises. Let me read this to you. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. That all the yeses are found in him. His promises being fulfilled in the person of Jesus. All the promises of God find their yes in him. Who? Who is him? It's Jesus. Luke 1, 31, 33. Let's see where these promises start. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The promised Jesus, fulfillment, God's fulfillment, the promised Jesus. And what's happening? All the promises of God are finding their yes in him. So we look at the promise God is giving Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Folks, Jesus tells us too that he will be with us Always, folks, he is the center and focus of our confidence. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Here Joshua is given a command, and this command is ours as well. It's not just his, it's ours. Like Joshua, we too are to be strong and courageous. But Joshua is strong and courageous because he is told to do all, according to all the law. Joshua, you're to obey it all. Obey the law that Moses commanded you. Do not turn to the right. Do not turn to the left. And what are the results of this obedience? Success wherever you go. Why? Because God is with him. Folks, this command is based on God's power through his word. Now listen to this. A greater strength of character, a greater strength of character on Joshua's part would be required to obey the commands of God faithfully, even more than winning a military battle. This is where you're to be strong and courageous in my word. 
So as Joshua would lead God's people in this conquest of Canaan, they're going to cross the Jordan, they're going to begin the process of conquering Canaan, the promised land that's always been promised to these people. Now they're going to take possession of it. We can see that... Oh, I lost my place. There we go. That he needs to do three things. Three very important things, and it's all regarding Scripture. The Bible tells us, one, it was not to depart from his mouth. He was to speak of it. He was to talk about it. Number two, he was to meditate on it day and night. He was supposed to think about this all the time. And three, and he was to do everything written in it. Obey these commands, Joshua, and act on them accordingly. This is what God is calling him to do. This is where you need to be strong and courageous. Joshua's life, Joshua's life is a demonstration of the practical way in which he lived. That is according to the teachings of the law of Moses. Now, this was the only portion of the Word of God written in form at this time, was this law. But Joshua's victories in battle and his success as a leader, folks, I know they are evidence. They're evidence, right, in his role as God's appointed leader. It's evident to see this in the role that he's playing. But you need to be strong and courageous. The reason it's going to be evidence is because you're going to speak of, you're going to think about, and you're going to do everything that I have written. You're going to do everything I commanded you. We are called to do the same thing that Joshua was commanded. Let me prove it to you. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Folks, our confidence is centered on Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done and what he's doing right now. Why do I say now? There's a work being done right now. Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. A work has been started with you, and it will be completed, but what that means right now is that you, my friends, like me, are being worked on, and that is where our confidence lies. It's centered on Jesus Christ. It's centered on the person and the work of Jesus Christ as he works in us. But one day, that work is going to be completed. So yes, our confidence originates with God, and it's centered on Jesus Christ. But you know what? It's confirmed by the Holy Spirit. Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Have you ever really thought about this verse? It's a short one, but extremely powerful. The Spirit is bearing witness to my spirit that I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. We belong to God. We don't belong to the world. We don't belong to uh, money or others we belong to god and god alone look at verse 9 this is our last verse have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened 
And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, one of my favorite verses. God says be strong and courageous three times within this text. And I think frightened and dismayed, I believe that's canceled out by strong and courageous. I do. But look what Joshua is being told. Let's look at what he's actually being told. I am with you wherever you go. i got to tell you, had God given me this information, all my confidence would be in God alone, not me, not talent, not what I own, no possessions, no qualities, no attributes. It would be in God alone if this is the thing he was telling me. And guess what? I'll be with you wherever you go. But he is telling us that. We get this. As a child of God, we get this. It's confirmed in our spirits. How do I know this? 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Our confidence is actually confirmed by the very Spirit who lives in each of us. And in Ephesians, the first chapter of Ephesians, verse 13 and 14, in Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory did you catch that promised holy spirit part there was a promise of the holy spirit and he was given and he's in us today folks god's promises we can look throughout scripture and see promises that were filled we can see promises in jesus that were fulfilled and yes there's promises that we're still waiting on praise god But we can see the promises fulfilled. God has the most awesome track record of anybody. So when I see the promised Holy Spirit that was given, and then I read these next words, I feel empowered. Let me tell you why. Because here it is. Our confidence, we were sealed. Our confidence, the Spirit is our guarantee. See, our confidence in God's promises, in His power, and in His presence, these are firmly established in the Holy Spirit who indwells us. It confirms all things. So it originates, and it is centered and confirmed in God. So in closing, we are living our present lives in a world that would have you place your confidence and trust in anything but God in anything but God the world would have you believe that confidence stems from the person you the world would have you believe that this confidence should be centered on that person you it's all about self but as scripture has revealed folks this is false this is wrong just look to the story of Joshua. We can see that it is God's promises, His power, and His presence that are prerequisites for the resulting victories in possessing the land. It's a prerequisite for it. You're not doing it on your own, Joshua. Here's the deal. I promised this. I'm going to give you my power to achieve and fulfill this promise. Oh yeah, and by the way, my presence, I'm going with you. 
So it wasn't about Joshua at all. Furthermore, Joshua is challenged to be faithful to the covenant, isn't he? He's challenged to be faithful in obedience to God's word. This word should be evident in his speech. This word should fill his mind. And this word, uh, this word should govern the way that he lives, the way of life. And the resulting prosperity in all this, when we obey this, and especially for Joshua, is that this ideal leader can be strong and courageous, not frightened and dismayed, because God is always with him. Now, you know, Joshua probably did have times, because he was human after all. Joshua was human. We don't have a perfect person here. We have a human being. There may have been times that he felt weak or frightened. Maybe he felt inadequate. Uh, Maybe he considered stepping back from this leadership position before possessing this land, before attempting to conquer it. But here's the thing. If indeed Joshua was feeling these things, God already knew that. God knew that. God would know Joshua's weaknesses. God would know Joshua's fears, just like he knows ours. You know, he told him to be strong and courageous three times. There's something there, folks. Three times he told him to be strong and courageous. Within this text, he was urging him not to be afraid or discouraged. And with this charge, and with this charge to be strong and courageous, God accompanied these words with assurances. He gave him assurances. Joshua received God's promise, his power, and his presence. And these things were completely sufficient for his life and all that he was commanded to do. God took care of it. Believers, you and I today can be uplifted by the same three assurances. We can be uplifted by these same three assurances. God promises God's promises. Our confidence, like I said, originates with God. Think of the promises in Scripture that have been fulfilled. We talked about the Holy Spirit, Jesus. There are so many promises that have been fulfilled because they were God's. He made them. Has He spoke? Will He not fulfill it? Right? What He says, will it not come true? Of course. We have an awesome track record, like I said. We have proven. You can't get better proof or more assurances than from God. So, it originates with God. And then, we have His power. See, our confidence is centered on Jesus Christ, who has been given all authority in all things in heaven and earth. All authority. And guess what else? His name, you want to talk about power? His name is the only name we can call on for salvation. So there's power. That's ours. And of course, His presence. Our confidence is confirmed by the Holy Spirit who indwells us and has sealed us, further confirming that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just like He was with Joshua, He is with you. He is the basis for confidence because it originates and is centered and is confirmed in Him. Our confidence, our trust, our assurances. It's not about who we are independent of Christ. It's about who we are in Christ. Just like it was reflected in Joshua's way of life, 
our lives too should be reflecting Christ. Because a believer's confidence, hear me now, a believer's confidence originates with, is centered on, and is confirmed in God. And if God is who we are placing our confidence in, this will be reflected in the way we live. So I asked you a question. Who or what do you put confidence in? Where does your confidence come from? What is the basis for your confidence? As believers, it should be God. But if you're telling me that's where your confidence is, then it needs to be reflected in your life. Because I'm going to tell you, if my confidence isn't just myself, all about me, you're going to see that reflected in my life. If it's all, my confidence is all about money, guess what? You're going to see that reflected in my life. We want people to see Jesus Christ. Therefore, our confidence needs to be in our God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to give you all the glory. We want to give you all the praise today because, Father, it's all about you. Father, we cannot be independent of you. We cannot be separated from you. We belong to you as a child of God. We belong to you. We are connected. Father, let that be reflective of the way we live. Let us look to the book, uh, the book of Joshua. Let us look to the person of Joshua and how you treated him. You told him, I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. These promises I made, they're going to be fulfilled. You're going to be part of it. You're going to be instrumental. That's the power of God. That's the presence of God and promises fulfilled. We are a part of this story, Heavenly Father. I know we are a part of this story. And you want to utilize, Father, you want to utilize us in service to further your kingdom. You want Christ to be reflected in our lives. Help us with that. Let us place our full confidence in our God. Let us place our full confidence in our God. Let us live our lives reflective of that. Father, we're asking for your help. We know your presence is with us. And we know, Father, your power is available to us. And we know, because we can see it in Scripture, that you fulfill what you say. You fulfill your promises. Father, we belong to a God who is unchanging and absolutely faithful. Let us cling to you. Let us place our confidence in you. We are praying for that today. Father, we just love you. It's all about you, Father. It's not about us. This world would have us dismiss you and promote ourselves, Father, but no, not as Christians. We promote you. We love you. We just want to give you all the praise right now. We thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen.